Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention to what happens to us when we're unable to remember or when we're unable to communicate the issues of our own hearts, of our own lives, of our own faith. Because what's happening to people who are getting older, who are aging, those loved ones, perhaps their parents or grandparents who are in aged care facilities, people who are suffering from dementia, we might wonder how their faith is affected in these older and more vulnerable years. Well, let's connect once again today with aged care chaplain Ben Boland. Ben is an author, speaker and writer on aged care ministry and Ben's back with us. Hi Ben, welcome back to 2020. Thank you Neil, wonderful to be with you. Ben, let me hit you with the hard question here. Some Christians fear that they will lose their salvation if they forget about Jesus. I wonder whether this is a relevant question or how you might respond to that, because people with dementia may have forgotten some of those things that they have held dear in their early years. Certainly, Neil. Uh, Look, um, one of the impacts of dementia is memory loss. Um, It's a cognitive disease. It affects our memory. So certainly we remember varying things, and dementia can diminish our ability to access those memories. And that is really significant. However, um, from a simply theological viewpoint, as Christians, our faith is never based on what we can do. And one of the doing things is remembering. Now, Scripture is clear. We are called to remember. Remember the Lord your God. Do this in remembrance of me. Um, So remembrance is really critical to our faith. But it is not what saves us, nor what keeps us saved, if I can Um, speak in those language or in that way. Instead, we are saved by what Jesus did for us. We believe because of his spirit empowering and transforming us, even if we forget. Ben, is there a sense if we lose our faculties and we can't communicate so well, our memory is no longer there? that we still need to have some level of devotion, uh, some biblical reading, someone to pray for us? Is this the sort of thing that, in fact, can bring peace to a life that was no doubt people who are suffering dementia are also suffering all sorts of turmoil in their lives? How do you approach these sorts of issues when you want to bring the presence of God and prayer and Scripture, you know those calming influences on a life, that bring that assurance, that bring that hope. How do you do that for someone? Um, I think firstly we pray for them. Um, As Christians, we know that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So God is with us always. But often it doesn't feel that way. Um, There's that gap between feel and real. And that's significant. Um, Equally, um, we are called to be devoted to work hard at our salvation. Um, And those things are good. Bible reading, prayer, those things are good. But 
ultimately they are good primarily because they are good for us as opposed to because they are good for God. God doesn't need us in that sense. And God loves us even when we don't do those things. Um, as someone who cares for people who are older and people who are living with dementia, sitting and praying with someone is incredibly powerful. Offering to sing a hymn with them. Now, they wouldn't let me near a microphone to sing at church. I have no singing voice, but I have the privilege of often singing the great old hymns with older people and reminding them through song, through scripture and through prayer of God's amazing and transforming love for them. Ben, when you've got someone who is ageing and their response to those sorts of hymns, is there something in the way that dementia works that those things that are triggers from the past can raise those hymns uh, that when people hear those things, that actually brings their whole ability to communicate to life. Yeah. Um, we don't fully understand dementia because we don't fully understand the brain. But one of the things we know is that people living with dementia may not have lost the memory. They may have done that too, but they may have just lost the pathway to the memory. So sometimes finding a different pathway or a different area of memory storage uh, can be incredibly powerful. I remember ministering to one gentleman who spent most of his life in a tub chair or princess chair, whatever you want to call them, um, not visibly responsive in any way, apart from when he was in church. And when I was leading or praying or doing all the things up the front, there was no response really. But when we sang, he eyes would open, he would sing along with us. And when the hymn would stop, he'd stop and return to unresponsiveness. I've seen the same thing happen with prayer. People who are incapable of articulating a sentence, let alone a conversation, and praying with them, and suddenly they're praying, and their prayer humbles and shames me for its depth and richness um, of relationship that is there. Um, we don't fully understand how that works, but we know that God is good, and we work with what he's given us. Is it too far a stretch to suggest that just because someone's not responsive physically and cognitively they're nowhere near what they were once before, that on a spiritual level, when we are communicating by prayer or scripture, uh, that there is a communication that's happening at a level that is an unconscious level, it's a spiritual level? Most definitely there's communication at a spiritual level. Spirit talks to spirit. God works on a level that is much deeper than simply our cognitive ability. Um, but the other point, too, is that it may be that someone's receiving equipment is working quite nicely, but their ability to re-telecast to try and use bad radio language um, is broken. So for you and I to have this conversation, I've got to be able to articulate and speak into my phone. But equally, you've got to have ears that are capable of deciphering that. Then your brain's got to translate those words or those sounds into words. Then you've got to work out your response to words. And then you've got to be able to form your own words and articulate them back. Um, often, particularly with people with strokes, they can their hearing and understanding is perfectly fine. But their ability to... Um, reverse that and 
articulate back out is very broken. So, yeah, God definitely works beyond cognition, but just because someone can't speak to us doesn't mean that they're not receiving well either. Let me take this another step deeper again, Ben, because while we might have loved ones who have had a deep and profound Christian faith through their early years, and they can respond to some of these things, and as you say, not necessarily at a physical level or a cognitive level, but at a spiritual level, something special is happening. But what if I've got a aging relative, uh, perhaps a parent, grandparent, an uncle or an auntie, and I've missed the opportunity to even share the good news of the gospel with them. I'm not confident at all that they have any spiritual background. I don't know that they are a believer. Is it possible for someone to come to faith in Christ, even when they are in an unresponsive state? Most certainly. Most certainly. Um, over my almost 15 years of ministry, I've seen lots of people who are living with dementia come to Christ in various levels um, of cognitive function and not cognitive function. Um, God works, God saves. It's not about our cognition. Salvation is not a cognitive exercise. Now, most people, those people um, are not or have um, not been able to articulate penal substitutionary atonement and the impact of this and the deep theological stuff. Um, but salvation is not about that depth. Salvation is the faith of a child, the faith of someone who doesn't understand, perhaps even is unable to ask even the question, but who knows God loves them and who trusts in Jesus. That's not complicated. So Christ died for my sins. I want to repent I want him to come and live in me. Simple ways that you can communicate a gospel message. And I know you like to encourage people to learn how to very simply communicate the gospel because in a circumstance like that where you've got someone with dementia, getting complicated, no doubt, is not really the way you're going to get through. No, I think we, as Christians, we've got to be prepared and capable of giving an answer that is contextually appropriate to the space we're dealing with. Um, if you're dealing with a university student um, who wants to struggle with some of the apologetics questions, great, go in there. But equally, we need to be able to explain in a minute to the little old lady who sits next to us on the train ride to work what Jesus means to her. Um, we need to be able to give an answer. Ben, we talk prayer and uh, music and scripture. There's another element, and that might be in the way that we might hug or touch or warmly embrace that loved one. How do you approach those sorts of things when someone is in a state of dementia? Um, yeah, touch is incredibly powerful. Um, I guess the starting point is that in all our interactions, whether they're verbal or physical, whether we're just turning up or something else. It's important to be actively engaging, to be looking to love that person, and particularly around touch, but not limited to touch. That includes also engaging in terms of consent. Um, so most older people, particularly most people in residential care, 
don't get touched very much or the touch they get is clinical. Um, someone showering them, someone helping them go to the toilet. That's not, it's important touch, but it's not loving touch. Um, so it's important to be able to offer that touch. Holding someone's hand or even better, allowing them to hold your hand. Giving someone a hug. Just sitting with them in silence. Um, those things are all really powerful ways of sharing God's love. I guess when it's not a family member and you're involved in the chaplaincy work that you do, uh, and there are, of course, others who are in the mix, there are other relatives of that aging person who's got dementia, and uh, you're expressing some levels of care. No doubt you're encouraging levels of care with those family members. I imagine that people who are caring for a family member who's going through that have got their own questions spiritually as well. How do you approach that with those family members who are looking on and a little bit bewildered about what's going on? And uh, how do you minister and share into that situation? Yeah, it's actually one of the real challenges. Um, Caring for one person is relatively simple in that you can take your approach to them and their needs. Um, When you're dealing with a a classroom of people um, or a group of people, it's much harder because you've got different people who have different needs, experiences and challenges. Um, The first thing I think to say is that the way we engage with the person who is struggling speaks volumes. Uh, When we love people well, um, other people look on and say, oh, that person really cares. And that raises the obvious question, why do you care? And the answer for us as Christians is we love because he loved us first. Um, So our simple love of the patient, resident, older person can often profoundly reverberate for others in the room. Um, But it also means I make a point of trying to catch up with the person outside the room um, and check how they're going, because it's tough watching a loved one struggle. It's tough not being sure what to do. It's tough just turning up often. But I want to encourage people to do that. Um, And sometimes that means giving them practical advice. Sometimes that just means, do you want to sit down and have a coffee? Um, sometimes that just means them listening as they pour out their pain and trauma. And sometimes that means saying, no, I'm, no, I'm okay, and that's okay, great, um, and just gently encouraging them. Well, Ben, always appreciate your great insights into how you care for your loved ones as they're growing old and perhaps how we all might be cared for in the decades into the future when we're all growing old as well. Ben Boland is an aged care chaplain, author, speaker, writer, and he talks aged care ministry in a beautiful way. You can connect with Ben on YouTube. Look for the Jesus Love in Aged Care YouTube clip. You can also connect with Ben on LinkedIn and there's a couple of books that Ben is co-author for, the Jesus Loves Me book and one called Joy to the World. They're available through Hammond Care and the Bible Society. Ben, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Neil, it's always a privilege to be with you and to be with 2020. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.